Yo, yo, my name is Big Lou, and you are now listening to Go Produce. We're the show that explores how music industry professionals turn their passions into profits. In this episode, we've got Dimitri Manuel, someone that constantly keeps the show going, whether it's at a venue or at a festival. The Go Produce focus of this episode is how do you execute a successful event despite both expected and unexpected hurdles? If you like the idea of promoting events or plan on attending events as a guest, then this episode is for you. Thank you, Dimitri, for being here. I want you to know that we do appreciate your time, so why don't we go ahead and make the most of it? Let's go ahead and go produce. Listeners, let me tell you who we've got here for you today. Dimitri Manuel. He's the Vice President and Operations Manager at the London Music Hall and is also the co-founder and festival director of London's Block Party, Park Jam, and the former Trackside Music Festival. We got a heavy hitter here today. Dimitri has over 10 years of experience in the industry covering everything from venue ownership and management to talent buying to festival operations and so much more. Above his many skill sets, he's also worked with and purchased artists such as Snoop, D-O-Double-G, Dead Mouse, Jake Cole, Mac Miller, Zed, and of course, the list goes on. But you know what else goes on? This little show called Go Produce, so let's go. Dimitri Manuel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Much, much, much pleasure. Very happy to have you here. Like I said, we appreciate your time. So let's run right into the first segment, which is called POW, The Basics. All right, I'm excited. Ah. Let's do this. (laughs) Perfect. This is exactly what we're looking for. I won't ever miss an opportunity to dance. All right, all right. So the basics, what we're going to do here is we're going to run through some simple questions so that we can get to know you better a little bit on a personal level, a little bit on a professional level so that we can, you know, create some connection with our listeners. I like to start off with my favorite question. What is your first musical memory way back when? Um, outside of an ice cream shop, uh, watching an acapella group, my parents used to always take me. It was actually on Adelaide, oh, Marla May, I, I believe it's called. Um, there was a acapella group called the Essentials. Existentials. And they, uh, existentials. I, I'm 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 repeating what you said. Oh, Essentials. Sorry, essentials. essentials. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know them too. And <laughs> did I get the name wrong? Uh, yeah, the Essentials, and they played a lot of uh, Frankie Valley uh, acapella stuff. Um, the Four Seasons. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff back from the 50s and 60s. So that was my first musical memory. I was probably six or seven years old. That's super awesome. So. That's that's like you really get to see people manipulate their voice through acapella and then the harmonies. It's it's a beautiful thing to see that live, no? Absolutely, yeah. You feel it. Yeah. Very cool. Dimitri, as the vice president and operations manager of the London Music Hall, what does your day-to-day day-to-day look like? Well, day-to-day, um, I have approximately 80 staff, 80 to 100 staff uh, that work underneath me. Um, so if it's a show day, uh, it starts with the band rolling in anytime, usually between 6 a.m., 10 a.m., uh, with a tour bus, with their van, whatever they have. Uh, I'm always there to greet them, get them parked, get them situated. Um, we have a whole hospitality uh, you know, rider that you know, we have set up in their green room. We welcome them in there. The techs come in. Um, and then we start preparing for the show uh, that night. So that's, that's usually the morning, um, getting to know everyone on, the, on their crew. Um, there's a lot of fun during the day, you know, different crews. We get to work with different people every single day. That's, you know, the best part of probably the job. And 
the best part of, you know, everyone working, I would say about the job is just working with different crews and, and different people from all around the world every single day. Uh, and then, yeah, we prepare for the show. Doors open, um, you know, people start flocking in. Um, there's always, you know, a lot of things to deal with. Um, I bet. You know, on a night to night, depending on the show, what the show is as well. Uh, but for the most part, it's, you know, smooth sailing. We have great staff that uh, work with us. Um, and that's a, a show day. Uh, when, once the doors open, I get to enjoy the show a little bit more. Um, hopefully I'm not called on the radio for any urgent matter. Um, and then get to, you know, greet friends and, uh, and yeah, and enjoy the show. So for the, for, the whole, for the whole production, you have 80 to 100 people at London Music Hall alone, plus the other teams that come in. With the artists yes. and whatnot. So, so we have about 80 to 100 staff working on a, on a show. It could be anywhere between um, you know, 12 to 35, 40 uh, on one particular show. Um, so you've got a lot of, you potentially have a lot of support. Exactly, exactly. Lots of, and that goes from security to bartenders to stagehands, uh, techs. Um, so yeah, and you know, maybe in the near future, if anyone wants to ever apply for a job, uh, they can email info at londonmusical.com. I'm severely underpaid. So I'll... <laughs> <laughs> it won't get much better in the live music industry, brother. I'm not too sure we miss you, Angry Sound Guy. Just saying. Uh, is there anything that you're currently doing to sharpen your skills or something that you think might be valuable for people to do during this um, time? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm focusing a lot on kind of my, my body and my health um, during this time. Um, so something I was not doing, uh, you know, previously when I was working. <laughs> the Rocky song. <laughs> that was it. There you go. You see it, baby? Yeah. You're Adrian. So that's what I'm doing right now. And that's something, again, I, when I was working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week, basically, uh, at the hall doing concerts, festivals, you know, you, sometimes you don't have the time to do that. So I, I'm practicing a lot more of, uh, you know, health and fitness right now. You have, you have over 10 years of experience in the industry and you've covered a lot of ground while spending time here. Tell us about a significant struggle that you've had in your professional journey. Um, in my professional journey, a struggle that I've had, oh, wow. Um, I would say putting on a music festival, um, and it's a yearly struggle. Um, I've done anywhere between three and four a year on, on some years. Um, and it is a mental struggle for various reasons. Um, you know, at the London Music Hall, I say we have, you know, 80, 90 staff. Um, but a lot of it's part-time workers, security, whatnot. So uh, our in-house staff isn't quite as large, and we've produced some some fairly big festivals. Uh, so we have a smaller team working on that, and our, our team is great. Um, but uh, it is, you know, putting on a festival for ten thousand plus people uh, some years is uh, could be, you know, it is a, a struggle. Everything from worrying about uh, the weather uh, to artists showing up late. Um, so a lot, a lot can go wrong. A lot can go wrong and many things have gone wrong. If it, had, if it can uh, go wrong, it's bound to. Exactly. So the, the, the mental preparation for a music festival, um, 
you know, I, I enjoy it and I, I think I've done pretty well with it. Uh, and, you know, I'm pretty easy going and I, I don't get too stressed uh, easily, but, uh, but that would be a struggle, I, I would say. So your, your ability to handle the immense mental amount of, or I should say, your ability to navigate the stressful situation of running a festival event was the greatest struggle. But that also allowed you to get to this point in your career, I'd imagine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. At this absolutely this point where um, I mean, I'm I'm also comfortable, uh, more comfortable in, in, in many situations. Um, you know, when putting on a major uh, event. So one one building experience also always makes the next one a little bit more simple, not necessarily easier. But how did you how did you begin to start managing that amount of stress? Um. The first few uh, festivals um, went went fairly well, uh, and they were minimal. Some of the uh, you know they weren't as large as the festivals that we're doing today, like the Trackside Music Festival and and what Block Party is today. You know, a two day festival with twenty DJs. We started with uh, you know just a couple kind of uh, you know headlining DJs uh, a year, and, and you know two three one day festivals. Um, so I was able to you know, not be as stressed out with incidents happening during uh, the smaller festivals, I would say. And then once I got to doing two-day festivals and three-day festivals, um, I was much more comfortable in, uh, in the position and I knew how to navigate some of the issues that uh, arose. Absolutely. You keep on chipping at it. Keep on chipping at it one step at a time and you get there. Are there... Yeah, there's going to be plenty of mistakes that, you know, you make. Um, doesn't matter what industry you are, but you just learn from them and you better you know, believe that. Keep 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 your head on. That's true. Do you have any specific techniques or day of routines that you do day oh, like on stressful days? Uh you know what? I from the top of my head, I don't know if I have any specific kind of routines that um I do. I, I literally wake up and get going. Just get out of bed. That's it. That get out of Stop bed. And, and exactly. May as well just get the day going. Yeah, exactly. The best part of a of a difficult. But, but this but this is what I'm practicing. Yeah, I'm practicing right now on uh, you know keeping my health and some meditation. Um, and I think that that's going to help me in in the future as well. It definitely does. I well, I agree. I think it helps with every aspect of a person's life. Going along with the last question with all of your experience is there something else that you're really hoping that you can accomplish in your career and it can be it can be big or small but what is potentially next i know this is hard but what what yeah um be anything honestly so so I'll, i'll tell you when i first started my goal and i i remember i set this out for myself i'm like i want to book and have perform at my venue and this was before i was doing even 500 person shows or 300 person shows uh was modest mouse okay uh they're one of my when i was a kid i, I always was you know i was a big fan of modest mouse um you know back in you know 12, 14 15 16 years of age and i just thought of them as this like if i can get modest mouse to play here um that wasn't like you know you know it's not like i'm i was you know u2 is one of my favorite bands um so i wanted to make it realistic the goal uh, so Modest Mouse was my realistic goal. And that happened in, I think, 2014. Um, and I, I, I had even booked bigger names previous to that. But 
Modest Most was the one that I set my goal out at the beginning. And when the opportunity arose, and it was hard for them to tour in Canada for, for a little while, and when the opportunity arose for them to come, uh, over that. You had to, you had to. There was more, more meaning to it. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I just went back. Um, so goals in the in the future. Wow. Um, I, I've done quite a bit in the industry in, in, in my in my ten years um, with the you know especially with the major music festivals, um, arena shows. Um, maybe being a you know an arena show in, in in arena shows would be uh, would be pretty fun. But I think that'd be less stressful and less of an accomplishment, honestly, than the music. Interesting. Interesting. I uh, I just got word from the back. Are you saying that Modest Mouse is worse than you two? No, I am not. No. Oh, uh, <laughs> they're different. They're different. JK, yeah. JK, LOL, LOL. But yes, that brings us to the end of the basics round. We are now on to the speed round. Pew, pew, fast. All right. Whenever, whenever you're ready. Not, not you, Dimitri. We're, we're just still waiting on, on our friend. Grumpy sound guy, get your shit together. Hey, file about time. Thanks for doing your job, Angry Sound Guy. Oh, here I am trying to start the next segment. This segment is called the Speed Round. What we're going to do here is we're going to throw 20 rapid-fire questions at you designed to be answered quickly by either saying yes, no, this, that, both, Neither, and that's it. You can't say anything else. You do, yes, no, however, this, that, both, neither. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you do have the opportunity to clarify anything afterwards, but we'll leave that until afterwards. Good to go. Any questions? No questions. All right. All right. So let's get it going. <clears throat> Sweater or hoodie? Hoodie. iOS or Android? iOS. At the movie, you want candy or popcorn? Depends on the day. <laughs> uh, both. Both. <laughs> I can say, okay. say both? Yeah, you can say both. Absolutely. Oh, 100% both. Basketball or hockey? Hockey. Card game or board game? Card game. Rich or successful? Successful. Does your birthday always happen on the same day? No. Coffee or tea? Um... Tea. Do you prefer hidden or discovered? Discovered. Are we about to work hard or are we about to play hard? Work hard. Big party or small gathering? Small gathering. Do you prefer pop or indie? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Moving on. Couldn't answer that. That was tough. That was tough. That was the toughest question I ever got in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Horror movie or comedy? Comedy. I hate horror movies. Oh, Oof. my God. Yeah, a little I don't watch them. I, I can't watch them. <laughs> Blood boils. Uh, dogs or cats? Uh, dogs. Do you prefer working alone or working in a team? Team. Do you prefer money or free time? Money. Money. Rap or rock? Um... Rock. Mansion in the suburbs or cabin in the mountains? What was the first one? Mansion in the suburbs or cabin in the mountains? 
uh, mansion in the suburbs, or even though I don't really want a mansion in the suburbs, but I don't want to be up in a cabin in the woods either. So. Fair, fair, fair. I hear you. Stop or go? Go. Go. Music hall or rum runners? Music hall. Interesting. I'm going to ask you if there's anything you want to clarify, but I also have a couple that I want to clarify. Is there anything that you wanted to clarify? Uh, no. No? I don't think so. The first one, I want to, like, why would you choose Music Hall over Rum Runners? Um, honestly, Music Hall allows Rum Runners to be what it is today. Um, the, the, you know, the growth of the Music Hall and the growth of the Music Hall, um, whether it be financially, allows us to do um, a lot of cool projects and rum runners that we might not be able to do, including, you know, local indie night, uh, local um, band nights every Friday night, the late show. Um, you know, it's, it's basically almost subsidized in a way from, uh, from what Music Hall can bring in. Um, and, and Music Hall, there's more challenges in the, in the Music Hall and, and a lot more versatility. So Interesting. Okay, uh, and then... But both are amazing venues. They, they each have their character, their own personality. They, absolutely. They're like cousins. They work well together, but they're their, they're their own person. Exactly. <laughs> Another one I wanted to ask you about was pop or indie. You struggled with that one. Uh, I was just thinking, uh, you know what? I was thinking uh, top down in the car, driving on a summer day or sunroof open. Uh, you know, it would be pop. Um, Sitting at home, uh, you know, eating a meal, indie. So it's it was it depends where I am, and uh, you know, Miley Cyrus kind of feel on the convertible. One hundred percent. Hey, I hear you. Yeah, party in the USA. Party in the. <laughs> yeah, I was about to start singing, but it's better for everyone if I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not joking either. Like, yeah, Miley Cyrus all day. That's 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 your thing. It hey? most definitely would be better for me if you didn't sing ever. Please. Oh well, tell me how you really feel, man. Damn. <laughs> that, after your input, brings us to the end of speed round and right into the beginning of the next segment, which is called "Pow." What's your take? I have to stop making these weird noises. I'm just. I feel like it's more dramatic. It's like a '90s video game. Next up, what's your take? Here, we will be providing you different quotes, statements, topics, or ideas, and we just want you to share your opinion. Okay? Cool. First up, I did something at your venue or at your event that I wasn't supposed to, but it's not my fault. What's your take? Um, if it's legitimately not your fault, or if even if it was your fault, um, I usually like to talk to the person who's... Uh who I, I i'm sorry I, I don't get the like am i supposed to tell you like put myself in that position or you specifically oh so if you were encountering someone that did something at your event and that's their approach but like realistically it is their fault maybe they're a little inebriated okay, and they're saying. trying to get away with it okay sorry i was just getting too philosophical there i was gonna i don't get me wrong i love that i love that approach too <laughs> yeah uh yeah, I would just uh, just talk to them. Um, wouldn't want to kick them out. Kicking someone out of the venue is always the last resort for me. Um, never want to do it. Uh, so I'd get you know find out why they wanted to do it. It depends how what they did. Like if they stole money from like a bartender, which has happened before, or tips. Then right out of the tip uh, jar. Know, 
right out of tip jar, right off the counter. Oh yeah, and out of tip jar, both. Um, yeah, if it's not, I'd have to know what it is. We have cameras everywhere too, so I always check the cameras to see uh, what really transpired, and I can do that in, in you know in minutes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, fair. I have a lot of information usually when I when I go into uh, talking to somebody. I'm brought in usually last, and I have all the information. So. Oh, I'm curious now as to what kinds of information you want before you talk to someone. Um, well, I want to know, uh, I speak to any witness, whether it's staff or other, uh, I want to know exactly what they did. And then I usually look at the cameras to see um, before I go into the conversation with them. Very nice. What they did, if what they did was it justifies, uh, you know, exiting them from the facility. Yeah, fair. Interesting. I'm like, I definitely thought, I mean, throwing people out isn't good for business, but at the same time, is it easier to almost just eject the person that's causing this problem because it'll take less time to handle? If it's a serious enough problem, yes. I mean, there's been times where it's been somewhat of a serious enough problem and I didn't eject them and then it backfired in my face. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. Case by case. Exactly. It's case by case. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. The next statement. I'm an artist or a group that has a large following, but I've got a bad attitude. Shall we do business? Um, we shall. I'll, you know, give you a chance. Um, if we have, even if we've had somewhat of a bad history, um, you know, I'll, I would continue to give chances. It depends what the attitude is. Um, but we, we'll do business. Has there ever been a time where you encountered an artist that is just too much, no names necessary, but the behavior was even overwhelming for you? Not worth it, I should say? Um, I mean, locally, no. Um, internationally, um, yes. Uh, Riff Raff. Oh. <laughs> and I don't want to, I don't even like admitting that I booked him, <laughs> but it was the worst experience of my life. I, I think I almost fought his brother, who was his road manager, who was a complete and utter idiot. Oh, I think you need to recall this memory because that's a great story. They got, they got kicked out of their hotel at the Delta. They were staying at the Delta and they got kicked out at like two in the morning, three in the morning, I got an email the next day and I apologized to them. I said, sorry, I'll never book, uh, book this individual ever again. Yeah. And here we are. Never booked again. I bet. Never booked again. No, doesn't matter if you can fill up the venue and, uh, and you know, we could make some good money on the show. No chance. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Cool. And it's my own fault for booking. Like I knew that, you know, it was going to be a little bit of a headache, but it just went to a whole new level with that clown and so do you find that if you take on people with difficult say personalities or characteristics whatever the case may be does it make a big difference when you come across someone that's you know ready to work polite open to new ideas do you find a big difference there is is that noticeable yeah i mean 99 percent of the people who we book and, and people in the industry are solid uh you know, professionals, um, easy to work with. And even if they're not easy to work with, they're professionals. Um, and, and we can, we can get through any kind of, you know, reason that they have for being who they are. Cause some people aren't in a great state on any given day. Someone can walk in and they could even be a good person, uh, but they're just having a shitty day. That's and you point. can, you, yeah, you can, uh, you know, you, you can tell and, 
and and that goes on our end too. Some of maybe our, of our crew. Uh, I've always tried to. I don't think I've ever had an issue where I've been, uh, you know, uh, a not a nice person to somebody coming in, um, except for riffraff when we almost like fought. Um, but <laughs> other than that, yeah, no. Um, I mean, you got to admit he's a super talented artist. No. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I, I haven't even like looked up his name since. I don't even know if he's doing anything right now. Um, nor do I care. But yeah, I think he was in character the whole time, which was just annoying. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what his character is. I have no idea, man. It was just... Beats me. Yeah. How about, how about any agents or managers? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to throw it in and see what happened. <laughs> There's definitely no comment. There's one. <laughs> no comment. Fair. Moving on. Hosting a music festival is one of the most stressful or strenuous events you could host. Yes. Yes. Plain and simple. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just a variety of reasons. Um, you know, you know, the saying the customer is always right. I've heard it once or twice. Yeah. Um, well, in a music festival, you have to be very patient uh, with plenty of different customers for plenty of different reasons during the course of the, the weekend or the day. Um, and, you know, some of them have le legitimate reasons why they're upset at any given moment, but a lot of them do, do not. Um, uh, there's intoxication. Uh, when you put 10,000 people, you know, inside or 20,000 or however many, um, inside a bubble, um, you know, with alcohol. So you, you're going to have some challenges. Again, we've, I think we've done a great job over the years um, mitigating any issues. Um, we've had great response from, you know, sponsors and the city, uh, but it is very challenging. And the, you have to be open to the challenge. Yeah. Um, you can't just say, hey, you know, I'm going to book this artist. They're going to go on stage. Everyone's going to have a good time. And, you know, no, there's plenty of reasons. Um, you know, I had an artist show up half hour after his set time was supposed to start because uh, they kept lying about where they were in the air um, when they were still on the ground in Michigan what? Uh, when they were going to land. So they went on half hour and I had to make a deal with an agent backstage to get their artist who was on stage at the moment to continue playing. Yeah. To do more. Um, wow. and yeah. Good thing that, that, you know, I've got a great relationship with that agent and good thing he was there. Um, and so the artist is prepared too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Grand Theft was, it was a block party. So it was, yeah, Grand Theft and uh, Sean Frank who uh, played a back-to-back -back set, you know, they were supposed to go off and they played an extra like 45 minutes or an hour on top of their original set. I'm sure they didn't so, mind. Yeah. Yeah. So then the artist showed up and there were some words exchanged backstage and basically kicked them off stage after he performed one song. Nice. So you do a lot of prep work in, in terms of ca uh, covering, covering your, covering your booties for lack of a better term. Absolutely. But what about the weather? How do you make decisions with that? For example, block party 2019. Yes. So I've been very lucky over the last uh, 10 years. Uh, all the festivals, there's only been twice that I've had to either postpone um, or not postpone, delay a festival. Um, one was Trackside in 2017, I believe. Uh, and that was just an afternoon. It was about an hour and a half. And then Block Party 2019, um, the worst part is, remember the thing about the customer being always right? Um, there was no rain. And there was no um, lightning above us at this time. However, um, insurance protocol, 
we had it was within the radius of the stage needing to be shut down. Now people don't know that, so people are calling names, livid, just on on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere out, out, outside of the gates. Um, you know, basically calling us a bunch of ripoffs. Um, because everyone's an expert, life, of course. Exactly. So remember, we have to clear six, seven, eight thousand, ten up to ten thousand people, depending on how many people are in at that specific time. So we have to be proactive. We can't wait until literally the lightning is right above us and then start planning. And then out. one thing happens to one person in the whole exactly, exactly. So oh yeah, Block Party nineteen. It was a case of lightning. I, I don't even think it rained um, <laughs> that whole time. But rain's not the issue, right? We can party in the rain. Yeah, it was the lightning, and it ended up passing over us. So. We've got professionals um, with, uh, you know, their, their radars and, and watching the storms coming in. And we're making, you know, it's a tough call. Nobody wants the festival to go on more than us. I mean, we're literally losing money by the minute when we're delaying. So, uh, you know, I know the fan wants to go in, but believe me, no one wants them to enter the festival more than we do. And it's a tough call. It makes sense. It's logical, but the thing is a lot of people don't, don't think logically. Right. So, yeah. So weather's always, I mean, we're looking at, we're monitoring the weather, you know, two weeks out, you know, on, you know, on the festival dates. Um, and man, it gets scary sometimes. So <clears throat> I don't want to say block party 2020, let's say block party 2021. If weather's coming in, what's your approach? Bad weather's coming in. What's your approach? If bad weather's coming in, um, again, we have a professional uh, with the stage um, who, who actually makes the call and he's, uh, he's in contact with our insurance company as well. Um, the approach is to basically go on a PA. I have, uh, you, know, some, you know, written uh, uh, language to, to say over the PA. Um, and then we just start exiting people on the festival grounds. The second it comes in, uh, I, I want to say it's within... 20 miles, 30 miles. Yeah, is that the radius? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I believe. I'd have to double check and relook it up again, but it's something along those lines. Um, and especially if it's coming toward you, which in the case of 2019, it's not like it was moving away at 20, it was coming towards us. Um, uh, right? So, so it was, you know, 30, then 29, 28, right? until it finally passed over. And us. then it's there, yeah. And it, yeah, and it was moving slow, which is the worst. It couldn't just come and go. Yeah. <laughs> it might have been it might have been moving fast, but when you're in that moment, it looks like it's moving slow. <laughs> so so speaking of festivals, why not uh Aries 2021 indoors? Um, so that's funny that you mentioned that. I actually brought that up to myself in my head um not too Interesting. long ago. Uh, a few weeks ago, if, if block party is unable to, which it won't be able to happen in 2020, unfortunately. Uh, I might look at doing something around that time. It all depends on, um, uh, you know, the barriers that we have to uh, leap when it comes to social distancing. If there's any, hopefully that there's not. Maybe there's a vaccine. Maybe, you know, there's uh, something that helps us, you know, social gather again in the near future. But I would I would look to do, um, it, it's, it's hard. It's very uh, financially straining to put a bunch of DJs, especially when we were doing Aries. We did a lot of international DJs in a small capacity venue. Um, but I would, I would look to make it work. It might not be as big, uh, you know, not, 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 but it might be, uh, you know, six, seven international DJs. It might only be two or three, but getting a bunch of local ones too on that bill. Yeah. And who knows, even maybe the intimacy is better 
with the Absolutely. social gatherings restrictions and all that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I loved Aries. It, it was fun. It was a fun event too. And it's easier putting it inside your own venue other, you know, rather than outside and uh, you don't have to worry about that weather. And maybe with all this technology going on, like the boom of streaming, well, streaming isn't anything new, but like Zoom and that kind of stuff, a virtual performance on a big screen for other people isn't out of the question yeah, as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's something we've, we've discussed in the past, but might be something that we'd have to really look forward to in the future. I'm already looking forward to it. You count me <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> I'm there if, if it's real. On that note, we will go right into What's Your Take, our fourth segment of the show. How you feeling though? Good? Very good. Thank beautiful, you. Beautiful, beautiful. Did we already do this one? Please get it together, man. What do you mean? What's your take? <laughs> I'm holding wheel challenge. Wheel we challenge. I was like, I, yeah, I was like, didn't we just do that one? <laughs> you yeah, were talking guy. about people being oh. replaceable and not missed. <laughs> I think you're just talking to yourself here. Anyway, anyway, you want to just put on the music? Do your one job? Oh, do the thing that we God. hired you for? I've got 10 years, so I'm going to take all the time I need, okay? <laughs> okay. Well, that was a great song. Next up, we've got Spin the Wheel. If you've at all been wondering what this contraption is behind me, <clears throat> it is the wheel that we've made. And each of the rungs has a different challenge. And we're going to spin this for you because of social distancing. And then I'm going to tell you what your challenge is. And we're going to go ahead with that challenge. Cool? Cool. Deal. Let's do it. Let's get it. I have no idea what this is. All right. We are going to test your knowledge. All right. With some trivia. I was just resetting trivia. that, I promise. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you got trivia. Um, you ready to go? You feel like your brain cells are warmed up? Not at all. Not during this uh, time. I hear you. <laughs> okay. First one. What famous U.S. festival hosted over 3,500,000 fans in 1969? 3,500 fans in 2009? Yeah, sorry, 350,000. Three, okay, yeah, okay. 350, what famous music festival? Um, in 1969. In 1960, oh, Woodstock. There you go. It was the summer thought, of 69. Yeah. That's yeah. where I came from, right? Here I go singing <laughs> I didn't hear again. the year the first time. <laughs> Next question. So you got one out of one so far. Next question for you is the Chainsmokers and Halsey tr 2016 track Closer was inspired by another song by which 1990s rock band? Uh, I'm going to pass or say I don't know. You're going to pass. Well, the answer is Blink-182. Yes, according to the Chainsmokers, their hit Closer with Halsey was inspired by Blink-182's I Miss You in 2004, with Halsey actually giving a shout-out to Blink during the lyrics of their song. Oh, nice. Interesting. <clears throat> Last one. You can redeem yourself. You can still win. You still have it in you. Which famous rock band was founded by Lars Ulrich? I hope I said that guy's name right. <laughs> and James Hetfield. Oh, I'm terrible with names. Clearly, I am too. <laughs> uh, which famous rock band? Yeah, Lars Ulrich, 
or Ulrich. Name sounds so familiar. And James Hetfield. But... Enter Sandman is the name of a song. Oh, give it, give it to me. What is it? The answer is Metallica. Oh, Metallica. Metallica formed in California in 1981. Yes. There you go. I'm not. I'm not, honestly not a Metallica fan. Mm, I can't all. say I am either. But that's what we're <laughs> here for all. to test your knowledge. <laughs> I don't think I. Uh, yeah. Well, we tried. Um, you didn't win, so there is no prize for you. That's right. But uh, we can just move on. <laughs> Have some fun with that. Hey. I like that. The hate wasn't turned towards me this time. How about, um, oh, oh, do we have, do we have another trivia question? How about country genre? I hear that's your strength. Uh, let's, let's do it. I don't know. I, let's, let's go. Let's see if I get it. Oh, okay. Who sings friends in low places? <laughs> perks. Perks? Thanks that, uh, yeah thanks for thanks, thanks for that toss-up <laughs> <laughs> gotta do what i gotta do you know fantastic there's only one way to describe that last segment and that is it's a wheel challenge i wonder what we'll get on our next episode when we spin next time but now, on to our next and final segment of the show, which is designed to eliminate brain fog for our listeners. This next segment is called Clear the Air. <laughs> and so it begins. In Clear the Air, we ask you, now I'm joking, we ask you to be honest about challenges, about common issues within the industry. We want you to ultimately help others be better because we can all just be better. And we want to avoid unnecessary hurdles in this pursuit. Cool. Cool. Let's get it going then. What are some risks and rewards of owning and managing a venue? Um, the rewards are doing what I love to do um, as a profession. Um, you know, dealing with, again, uh, different people on, uh, you know, a daily basis, different tours, different international people coming in. Uh, that's, that's definitely a perk. Uh, <clears throat> putting together an amazing team and having an amazing team, that's also an amazing perk. But also a challenge, I bet. You didn't just get an amazing team. Exactly. Uh, yeah, challenge of uh, having a venue is, um, uh, I've been dealing with, again, um, sometimes financial in, uh, uncertainty. Um, especially when you're promoting a lot of the events and shows, keeping up to date on, you know, what's relevant, um, and working with, again, we have, you know, 80 to hundred staff, um, which is again, a reward because I love my staff and they do such an amazing job. Um, but it's also, uh, also a challenge, of course. They expect a paycheck. They expect to exactly. be treated well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What's up with that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you mean everyone's not working for free? What's going on? Here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Yeah, okay. so those are just some yeah rewards and challenges. How do you how do you stay fresh with booking and trends? Um. Well, at at this point uh, in my career, I've been doing this for ten years. I've got a pretty solid network um, of agents, managers. Um, and a, a good staff in-house um, that, you know, all stay up to date. Um, always getting requests from people. Hey, book this person, book this person. 
uh, but with, with the network that we've um, we we've kind of had over the past ten years, and the growth that we've had with that network, um, it's easier when a lot of agents are familiar with our venue uh, and the reputation that we've put forth over the last ten years, and they reach out to us saying, "Hey, I have this artist, this artist, this artist coming through." Um, if we don't know exactly who the artist is, uh, you know, it's easy to kind of look up their, um, you know, past events that they've, that they've done in the area, um, and kind of, you know, what they're following is through social platforms and other music platforms. What, what are some of the restrictions that you look for before you uh, allow an artist to perform at your venue? Like, is there a particular number? You have X amount of followers. You've performed X amount of times. Yeah, not necessarily because um, we're unique where we have two kind of venues in the same building, Rum Runners and Music Hall. Um, if, if we don't believe an artist is able to sell a number of tickets in the Music Hall, we would put them in the Rum Runners and then we can always move them to the, to the bigger hall once they do. Um, but between the agents, managers, and ourselves at the venue, we all kind of come together and have a pretty good understanding on what, that artist is worth in the market. Um, there are sometimes where it blows up in our face, uh, but there are sometimes where you know I've booked an artist and expecting 300 people to show up or 200 people, and we sell you know 16, 1700 tickets. Damn. How so about it works both ways? Yeah, of course, of course. How about hurdles of the initial startup of the venue? Um, building a reputation uh was a hurdle that we um that we had to overcome uh it was rum runners we started with rum runners previous to uh london music hall um and it was more of a club spot at the beginning uh but we wanted to be strictly venues so we kind of almost immediately said you know we're not gonna do any club dates um this is just gonna be bookings only music venue um so one of the first artists that we actually had form for us was sean desmond oh really um yeah and then we had Masari. so we're we're we had a lot of the pop acts across canada first um but slowly but surely our reputation built uh, especially when the music hall was built uh the previous music hall in the same location but pre-renovations for 700 900 people um we started bringing in more renowned artists and that kind of helped build our reputation i hear that I hear that. Cool. And for someone else, if they are looking into not necessarily starting or creating a venue, but they're looking and getting involved in becoming a talent buyer, booker, how would they go about doing that and starting their income or generating an, uh, um, a career from it or starting a career? Um, I'll, I'll go with the talent buyer one first. If you wanted to become a talent buyer or a promoter, uh, promote shows. Um, you know, you're going to start small and you're not going to have a ton of people coming out. You, you, sh you really have to start building relationships with local artists. Um, that's where it all starts. Uh, building solid relationships with um, artists of all genres who play locally, um, getting them to earn your trust. Um, all genres. That's a good exactly. Point. Yeah. Finding, uh, finding a venue or two in the city. Um, unfortunately there's not enough venues in the city of London, uh, at the moment, um, especially on a smaller scale. Um, 
So finding a venue, building a relationship with them, um, and and yeah, and moving forward, and you know, try, trying to seek advice from other people in the industry. Um, you know, whether it's myself, uh, there are a very uh, very amount of talent buyers in the city. Um, Brandon Eady being also one of them. Uh, just seeking some advice, uh, you know, on how they got started, and you know, some do's and don'ts when dealing with artists and venues. Right, which would be interesting in itself. Yeah. Cool. What would you want patrons to be aware of that they may not know? Is there anything in particular that irks you? Um, when a patron is, um, I guess, getting in trouble, whether it's for overintoxication or something, um, we're just trying to do our job and some of the staff are trying to do their job. Um, and, you know, they, they get kind of abused verbally. And that probably irks me more than anything um, when that happens. Um, again, they're just trying to do their job. And we have, you know, we have protocols in place when somebody is doing something that, um, you know, we deem to be offensible and, you know, ejectable in the venue. Um, but again, it's, you, you're going you're to deal with that. Uh, but, but just the verbal abuse sometimes of some staff may get out of hand. It's a little ridiculous. And it's yeah. hard to say that it's exactly, it, it's expected because to some degree it is, but that's why you're prepared for it. But also these people are also people and they're just doing their jobs. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been, I've actually been, I've been kicked out of establishments for sure myself and not, and I've been kicked out when it wasn't my fault at all. Uh, and I've gone peacefully because I know, um, you know, what, what it could lead to if I don't. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's, I mean, my name is Big Lou, but I'm not no big brawler. I'm a, I'm just, oh, you're kicking me out? You're probably right. You're, yeah. I'll go. <laughs> yeah, probably means something else. Yeah, it's fair. Um, but yeah, I think the message there is we're human. We're just trying to do our jobs. Absolutely. And that's across all industries too, not just in the club. So like, be more humble people. Anyway. The air after that segment is always so fresh and so clean. So thank you for that. And that also brings us to the very end of this episode, which is super mega awesome. I hope you had a fantastic time because I sure did. I want to ask you if you have any, um, if you have any closing words that you'd like to share. I asked you a whole bunch today, but is there anything, any more wisdom you'd like to share? Um, no, I think just thank you for uh, everything that you guys do over at uh, Prevail and X Events. Um, you know, we've have. A great partnership and a lot of what we do uh, especially with the festivals uh, we wouldn't be able to do without you guys uh you know being such great partners much appreciated much appreciated is there anywhere if you want for the listeners to find you or london music hall that kind of stuff just yeah follow london music hall on all platforms um you know twitter instagram and uh and facebook and i might be creating a london music hall tiktok account in the near future it's when we return it's a yeah, business move. To, exactly, exactly. Trying to find a 16-year-old who can take over that account because they know what they're doing. It's the future. I don't, <laughs> I don't, it's not a bad idea. Um, but that's London Music Hall all across all platforms, correct? Absolutely. Fantastic. Now, I want to thank our listeners. I hope you learned something because that's what we strive for to do. Wow. That's what we hope for you to do. 
Shout out to our very own Grumpy Sound Guys. Sometimes you're cool, but only sometimes. Don't get ahead of yourself. And to Prevail Media Group, like Dimitri said, we're going to keep on rocking it. You guys, you guys make it happen. Lastly. Hey, Dimitri, I'm looking for a band to play for, I'm looking for a place to play with my Metallica cover band. Wow. Come on in, man. Look How many people can you draw? Guy. Just a couple of my friends, but just Metallica though. So um, he doesn't really care about what you got to say. I could just draw in Garth Brooks. Like if that's something good. Who who really who shoot, shoot, invited shoot me an email? Get my contact information from that. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll we'll set something up. It worked, believe it or not. Great <laughs> big thank you to you, Dimitri Manuel. You had a great attitude. But for now, we out. Catch us next time. See you guys. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, then follow us on Instagram at go.produce. Check out our show notes, support us on Patreon, and help us grow this community. All of this and more can be found on our website at goproduce.ca. I am Big Lou, and I want to make sure that until next time, you go produce. <laughs>